your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Richard Morin here with you. We have a great episode planned for you today. We have the one and only Kent Summers, the columnist for the Arizona Republic, my former colleague back in Phoenix. For those who don't know, I mentioned it earlier in uh, past episodes on the show. I'm no longer with uh, the Arizona Republic. Nothing bad happened. Uh, I, I, I kind of chose to leave uh Heading back to my native uh, New Hampshire now, living back uh, back home in New Hampshire. So, um, you know, no bad blood or anything like that. I still uh, absolutely love all my my colleagues out there and everything like that. So I really wanted to make sure I could get Kent here on the podcast because he has been all over the story uh, regarding Coyote's ownership, uh, regarding everything that's sort of been uh, been going on with the Arizona Coyotes and all of that stuff. So really just want to make sure that uh, you guys get the full story here. There's no better person to give it to you than Kent Summers. Kent, of course, longtime Arizona Cardinals reporter covering the NHL, but just a few years ago switched over to being a columnist, and he has really uh, sunk his teeth and, and really embraced the challenge of covering all sports. And that's such a hard thing to do uh, for a reporter when you're really focused on one sport, and then you kind of have to go and cover all sports uh, and, and really do it at a high level like you have to do at the Republic. So I really commend Kent for that. He's really done exceptional reporting on the Coyotes, uh, especially over the past couple of months with the whole debacle with John Chaika and ownership. So without further ado, we'll get right into that interview with uh, my good friend and former colleague, Kent Summers. Uh, Kent Summers joining us now, Arizona Republic columnist. And and Kent, we'll get right into it. I mean, I know you were right at the forefront of the story when I guess, for lack of a better word, the weirdness kind of started coming out with uh, ownership, you know, meeting with Taylor Hall. And, you know, then a couple of days later, John Chike is no longer the GM. And, uh, you know, what's been your read on on this situation is, you know, do should Coyotes fans be concerned about what's been going on at the top right now? Or is it all kind of, you know, false alarm? No, I think they, I think they have to be uh, concerned because, you know, we don't know what's true and what's not yet. And and maybe all of this is true what's gone on, but obviously it's not normal. Um, you know, when you compare it to that July, August of a year and a half ago, almost when Alex Morello bought the team and that, th- you know, things were so positive. Finally, there was an owner with money, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, and then, you know, he, he signs off on the Phil Kessel, deal and agrees to pay him and then later signs off on the Taylor Hall trade. And yeah, we're going to make an effort to pay him, you know, once his contract is up that, and then I get the, at the start of the year, as you said, everything just sort of fell apart. You know, I, I got word about, um, you know, the, the meeting that didn't include John Chica with Taylor Hall and, and uh, his agent, or maybe his agent wasn't there. And, you know, and then the whole Chica saga, you know, and a, a GM, you know, resigning right before his team goes into the bubble for the playoffs. Incredible. We'll we'll see, you know, and then and then those stories kind of flushed out some other people who said, you know, we have some questions about the way the guy's done business locally. Um, you know, they're not paying vendors, you know, when the money's due, there's some issues with the city of Glendale, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that is still 
boiling and churning. So we'll we'll see what what renders out of that, you know, whenever it ends. So it's interesting you mentioned too, like at the top, you know, when when Morello was introduced, it was almost like I mean, you could just feel Coyotes fans hoping please let this one be different, you know? <laughs> and it kind of yeah. seemed like it was was going to be. I mean, this is a guy who, by all accounts we were receiving, might have been when he, you know, stepped into the position, one of the richest owners in the NHL, not just in, you know, relative to the Coyotes. So this was a guy who came in with a lot of clout, came in with a lot of uh, a big portfolio tied to the Southwest. And I don't blame Coyotes fans for getting their hopes up. You know, they definitely earned that right. But uh, again, it's, you know, things just, changed so quickly and and i don't know how much the COVID 19 pandemic you know affected morello in, in more ways than one but uh you know those lofty expectations and then for them to just kind of be chopped down like that and and now coyotes fans might have that sour taste coming back into their mouths that they've had so many times with past owners and and you know past uh you know executives i guess when you look at how the chica saga went down i mean i know you've You've had, you know, I mean, I know Alex doesn't talk to us. We don't talk to Alex Morello. He's, he doesn't really make himself publicly available. But I know you've talked to John before. You've interviewed John before. When you see anonymous sources coming out and calling this guy a liar and a quitter, I mean, that's it's a little hard to just take that at face value, is it not? And, and, and if so, what does that say about kind of maybe how that divorce went down and, and the role that ownership played in it? It was obviously a nasty divorce, probably the nastiest I've ever covered. And I covered the dysfunctional Cardinals for 20 years. So that's that's <laughs> saying a little something, you know, but when have you ever seen a, a, a GM walk off the job at that point in the season? I mean, I and I could see that, you know, if you want to take a middle of the road view, you can find fault with both sides in that. Of course. That what, whatever the Morello did. You know, maybe they didn't treat Chica right, and you could see why a guy would walk off the job, but also you could see the other side of, okay, you don't walk out on your team, you know, before the season starts, right before it's going to enter um, the bubble. But that's how toxic it had gotten. You talked to certain people, the connection with the Coyotes, it was they've got people who have no experience in hockey, no knowledge in hockey, including Alex Morello Jr., you know, micromanaging, telling longtime hockey guys what they should be doing. Uh, every little decision has to be, you know, cleared through them. So that was difficult on the, on that part. And I think the Morellos would count, counter with Alex Morello. And I think his, his CEO, you know, um, Javier Gutierrez has said this, like, look, we bought this team and, you know, no transition is easy when you buy a, a business. There are going to be some hurt feelings and we're going to do things a different way. And, it's just, it, yeah, it just turns into an awful situation. I mean, maybe things are looking up with the hiring of Bill Armstrong. He certainly made a good impression, you know, on his, his uh, you know, first few um, interview availabilities here. And some of the hires he's made, I, you know, are, are getting some positive reviews. But got a long way to go with this organization. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens this entire offseason. And, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, like obviously you bring in new management, you know, sometimes logistics can get caught up. Right. But I mean, you, so one of these things happening, like I could buy it, but the fact that you had players not being paid per diem in the bubble until you had mass complaints, you're late on paying contract bonuses. You're late on paying the management company 
of the arena that not only you play in, but all of your offices are in that arena too. Like that's your entire, <laughs> literally the headquarters of your entire organization. It'd be like the Diamondbacks not playing, you know, not paying, you know, Chase Field. That's, you know, apples to oranges, but it, it basically would be like that, right? All their offices are there. So if like one of those things happened, I'd be like, okay, you know, new management. But I mean, it's one thing after another. And uh, that would be the first question I'd ask if I was Bill Armstrong, you know, interviewing for this job is like, you know, what happened here? <laughs> right. I mean, you got to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I think he probably did when he met Alex Morello for the job interview in, in Las Vegas and he was very impressed and he came away thinking this is a guy who spent a lot of money in Arizona and finances aren't going to be a thing. But then you, then you read that they haven't paid their arena bill at, at the due date, or at least when they've paid it every other year. And you think, Okay, no matter how your other businesses have been affected, this is about the hockey of 2019, 2020, and you only missed eight games, regular season games, right? Mm -hmm. That bill's due. You should have that money. You have to pay that money. And they haven't. And so obviously that's not making them any friends with the city of Glendale. You know, they've been there have been hints around that they want to redo that lease. Uh, that's not going to go over well with the city of Glendale and yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Just one of these things, okay, they're late. They're late on some uh, player bonuses. That's pretty bad, but maybe you could excuse it. Okay, we've got a new CFO. We've got a new accounting people. We've got new people who aren't familiar with hockey. We didn't know. We're really sorry. But as you said, then it's followed up by no per diem payments, at least right away. In in the bubble, the players had to complain about it. I, I, I'd heard the NHL and the Players Association had to get involved to get that money deposited in their accounts mm -hmm. right away. And we both covered sports long enough. You covered the NHL long enough that it, they're like the world's biggest barbershops. I mean, I mean, they they all <laughs> talk to each other. They all and, and you think that's just terrible when you want to recruit players here and sign yeah. free agents and convince people you want to win and know how to win i mean i don't i don't know how you do that when you take you know facts of what what happened you know this summer in and around the bubble all right well we'll we will continue to break down the situation regarding coyotes ownership right after these words all right guys i think we can all agree that we need a solution to break through our own personal walls for me that is built go you've heard about built bar but this is built go a healthy replacement for your energy drink and it's not fake energy it's lasting it's natural and i'm telling you what right now it's it's plus protein the top i mean it is the top tier stuff okay whether it's a mental or physical wall you can break through it with go every day it's easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages Put it in your briefcase, the most focused presentation you've ever made. It's in the golf bag. You're going to power through that back nine. You Any situation, you got to bring Built Go with you when you need that extra kick. It's the best workout gel on the market. Five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, and it's natural. Better for the body in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and my favorite, chocolate mint it combines energy gel with collagen protein uh you're talking about b3s honey you got some caffeine in there b6 b12 it's got everything and i'm telling you what it's even going to make you look better you can visit builtgo.com use promo code locked and you'll get 20 percent off your next order you can use promo code locked l-o-c-k-e-d for 20 percent off at builtgo.com let's go 
All right, guys, I'm telling you right now, I don't know where I'd be without DoorDash, okay? In these uncertain times, we're quarantining, but we still want to support our restaurants, right? Our restaurants have been there for us before this crisis, and they're here for us now during this global pandemic. And DoorDash is here helping us support our local restaurants. Over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia. You can support those local go-tos, national restaurants like Chipotle and Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, and also local restaurants as well. It's they have something for everybody. You can order, you know, look, you know, Fridays. I love that pizza on Fridays. All right, but sometimes my fiance wants something else. You can get all that done with DoorDash, okay? And I'm telling you right now, our listeners can get five dollars off in zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On NHL. That's five dollars off in zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On NHL. Don't forget that's code. Locked on NHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, we are back here on Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast. Now we're Kent Summers from the Arizona Republic joining me here, Richard Morin, with you. Of course, Kent, of course, uh, we are former colleagues, and I know we were kind of both on this story when it broke the whole John Chaika situation when it seemed like he's no longer the GM, and you know, we find out about another job and uh, you know, perhaps, you know, Alex Morello, uh, you know, feeling that he had been misled by Trek in this situation. And and John, you know, in, in typical John fashion, kind of took the high road with all this. And then the team, obviously, with I can only call it an unprecedented press release. I've never seen a team take that kind of language publicly, uh, you know, in, in a press release of that nature. And, and I'm curious, you know, you were all over the story when it broke you know, in the weeks and, and really a couple of months since. What's your read of this situation now? Do you have any more clarity on kind of just what happened between John and the team and, and kind of what this whole kerfuffle was about? Or is it still kind of murky details? I think from Chika's side, uh, and he hasn't talked much uh, about this for publication or for anything, but um, talking to people in other people in and around the organization, he just grew weary and tired of constant micromanaging. Um, it was everything he did, he had to run through them. Everything his hockey people did had to be okayed from the smallest payment, you know, had to be signed off on by a few different people. And it was always, you know, and, and these, you know, it, it was, this wasn't like all just high dollar stuff that, you know, and I, I just felt like, <laughs> At what I'm saying, I got people, you know, we have people, you know, coming in the office who can't even skate telling me how I, you know, we should run a hockey operation. You know, the flip side of that is, as, as Javier Gutierrez has said, you know, that's their, you know, they've taken over businesses before. Morello, you know, has taken over some, what, 30, 40 something odd businesses and for the most part turned them around, made, made money off of them and held on to them. And the hope was he would do that with the Coyotes, but I, I think with Chaika, it was just he he had tried to insulate the people under him for a really long time. And I think the I think the Taylor Hall meeting without him. And then I think in their view that the truth wasn't told afterward, you know, that you heard this this story that, oh, it was the it was the coyotes upper management, you know, it was Chaika who set this whole meeting up between right. Hall and upper management and then you know, and then you hear from the other sides, like, that's that's an outright lie. That did not happen. Chica didn't. I mean, he he wasn't just going to sign this over and say, OK, here, 
you you sign Taylor Hall, then I'm I'm out of it. No, you know, and I, I, I from what I put together, that was sort of the last straw with him. And then then you got the whole drama of him getting another offer and supposedly getting permission from Morello to interview for it. And then he gets, you know, or at least gets an interview opportunity and then the job offer comes. And then, you know, according to the, you know, the Chica side that Morello goes ballistic when it actually happens. I don't, there's a lot of he said, she said in there. But yeah. I always go back to that though. If you value John Chica, and apparently they did because they signed him to a contract extension the November before, mm-hmm. why do you even give him permission to interview anywhere else? My my history with professional sports and even college sports, if you have a coach or a GM or anybody you value under contract, don't let them go interview unless you, unless you're you know ready for ready for them to move on. Right. And I think like you like you said, I mean, it's, it feels like reality TV. This does not feel like professional sports. I mean, this feels like it feels like a TV show or a movie, honestly. And no yes. matter which way you break it down, you mentioned that he said she said what like somebody is lying like there are lies here there has to be you can't yeah. it can't be both like both of these yeah. things can't be true it's it would be impossible right so there are there have to be lies here you know i think I know part that- of it too yeah i think part of it too and and maybe if this might give coyotes fans hope that morello knows what he's doing or will know is that they don't know hockey and they've admitted that that they have a lot to learn and they're showing how much they have to learn and maybe Maybe that will get better. Maybe with their hand-picked GM, it will get better. And they have an investment in him, some equity in him, and, and to, for him to prove what he can do. But in the short term, I mean, you know more about this than I do, but it's a team that's like looking to like trim some salary, uh, maybe start a sort of a rebuild after all the promise of last season, you know, uh, I, I I do. I feel I feel for Coyotes fans who have stuck with this team because it reminds me of my days with the card, many days with the Cardinals, where I really admired people who stuck with that franchise because it was so hard uh, a lot of those years. You mentioned the uncertainty coming this offseason, especially when it comes to uh, the roster. We're going to break all that down and tie a bow on the Alex Morello and ownership conversation right after these words. All right, guys, I know it's a problem we hate talking about, but Roman is here to make it less of a problem for everybody, okay? I know talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. We'll brush it off. We'll make excuses, but with Roman, you don't have to. It's easy to talk about, and you can talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and guys, it's totally discreet. Let me explain, okay? With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional can work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is deemed appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. That's free two-day shipping. It's straightforward. It's simple. It's discreet. You can go to roman.com slash NHL, complete that online visit, and look, ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Okay, complete an online visit today with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash locked on NHL today. If approved, you can get $15. That's $15, $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash locked on NHL. Getroman.com slash locked on NHL. All right, we are back here on Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Richard Morin and Kent Summers, sports columnist for the Arizona Republic, joining me here. Uh, you know, Kent, before break, we we talked. You mentioned a little bit about the uncertainty surrounding this offseason for the Coyotes. 
the Coyotes were a cap team this year. I don't think a lot of people nationally have realized that the, this team was a cap team this year. Are they going to be again next year? Are they going to try to get down to the floor? Are they going to make huge wholesale trades like Oliver Ekman Larson and Darcy Kemper? Or, or maybe do they still feel like this is a group that can compete? I mean, look, I mean, you can you could make a point. You can make a case that this was the best Coyotes team since perhaps the Jeremy Roenick and Keith Kachuk days. I think there's an argument to be made there. Uh, and I think for some Coyotes fans to, you know, come to that realization and then say, okay, well, if that's the case, then why do we have to, you know, tear out huge organs and, you know, <laughs> and, and, and rebuild here, you know, like why, if, if we're, if we're the best team we've been in, you know, 20, 20 years, why do we have to do this? Uh, and, and like you said, for Coyotes fans, you, you just kind of, you just, you just got to pat them, you know, rub their backs a little bit because they just must be so seasick <laughs> over this. I, you know, the, the Oliver Ekman Larson trade rumor, I get a little bit, you know, I, I don't think he's been the captain they'd hoped he had been. And, and, you know, his play was below par, below expectations. But if they, I mean, if they part with Darcy Kemper, I, I mean, talk about organs. I mean, every play, every time I, I saw a Coyotes player interviewed and they were, Kemper was mentioned, they were, every one of them said, that's the best player on our team. He's the best player on our team every time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for sure. Man, if I'm a if I'm a Coyotes fan, I have a hard time shelling out money for a ticket if if, if you know if management is going to tear this apart. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too. I mean, you even look at the the you know, and I say core with quotes because it's you know, can you even consider this a core? Can you consider Clayton Keller your core piece moving forward? You know, can you Barrett Hayton? I know he's still a really young player, and he's had a lot of hurdles to clear and maybe hasn't gotten the fair shake at the NHL level that he has deserved at this point. But you just don't know with this kid. You haven't yeah. seen Victor Soderstrom. You don't know what he's going to be. And you have no draft picks. And that's the other part. We, I mean, like the NHL draft this week, and th- there's there's nothing for the Coyotes. They, they have nothing to do uh, except, you know, perhaps make some trades, some late round picks, you know, it, it, but, but there's really nothing for them to do here in the dearth of draft picks. And it, you can, de- I mean, I think without without question, you can say the Coyotes were very surprised uh, by the NHL's decision to hit them that hard. Uh, I remember, I think we heard from uh, uh, Javier Gutierrez, who I think said, right, Kent, that he wasn't really that worried about the punishment, yeah, and, well, and they absolutely got hit with a sledgehammer. Morello, Morello said that. At, that was Morello, right? At, yeah, at, Gu- at Gutierrez's uh, introductory press conference, yeah. like uh, we've we've gotten word. I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. And that's, you know, and, and, and the Morello people will make this point. That's an indictment of Chica. I mean, that hand, you know, it, maybe he wasn't involved directly, but it happened under his watch. It's his responsibility for but sure. They, but, they knew, not, yeah. but they knew that they knew that when they signed him to an extension. So, you know, you, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are going to love to, and I think there's a lot of dots to connect here, but that's, that's not one of them. That's not part of that constellation. I don't think that's not, that's not a dot to connect, but again, you know, for, for whatever it's worth, you know, John Chica is responsible for this. And, and look, the commissioner said in his report that he found no malicious intent. It was just, I think he used the term gross negligence, which is, you know, just as damning, right? You can make a case, but again, it wasn't anything where Chica was trying to bend the rules, at least not in the commissioner's findings, but it's still his responsibility. It's his staff and he, he's got to take responsibility for that. And I'm sure if we were talking to John publicly, I'm sure he would, uh, he would own up to that and, and 
totally absorb responsibility for that. I have no doubt about it. But again, we haven't heard from John. And I think I think this, what is this going to mean for John Chaika's reputation moving forward? I mean, this is a young professional who, yeah. by all accounts, has a really bright future in whichever area of the field or whichever field he decides to go into. I mean, who knows where Chaika ends up. But the fact that there have been anonymous sources and the team publicly really dragging his name through the mud. Do you think this is going to have an effect on, on John Chaika's career and, and his, his legacy and, and his job prospects moving forward? Do you, or do you think he is going to get the chance to clear his name? Well, I, I think he could get that chance, but it's a, it's a big hurdle to clear, right? I mean, it's in any competitive sport, but I think especially hockey that the, that'll be one of the first questions of anybody wants to interview him for a GM. It's like, okay, why'd you walk out on your team? at the time that you did, you know, and, and maybe he'll have a great answer. And maybe the people in, you know, other people in the league thinks like he does that there are serious problems with the Coyotes organization. But yeah, that's, that's the thing. If I'm, if I'm John Chica and I'm what 30, however old he is, 30 something years old. And I, I want to be a GM. I want to be a GM at some other place in the league. I, boy, I, I would be really hesitant to, to do what he did, but, you know, maybe obviously he felt in his mind he had just had enough and it was an unbearable situation and he just wasn't going to stay with people he did not want to work for. And time is the great equalizer, too. So yeah. things things could certainly calm down. But I think the unprecedented nature of everything that happened, you know, might leave some scars that, that will last some time. But Ken, thank you so much for joining us here on uh, on Locked on Coyotes. I really do appreciate your time. And uh, we'll be right back to wrap up the show right after this. All right. And thank you so much to Kent Summers for joining us here on this episode of Locked on Coyotes. Hope you guys enjoyed it and hoped we uh, provided some good insight for you on the John Chica and, and situation with ownership, Alex Morello, Javier Gutierrez, and Alex Jr., of course. Uh, be sure to tune in and subscribe uh, on the podcast platform of your choosing. We're going to have interviews like this, and we're going to go in the weeds on all of the stuff uh, hanging over the head of this organization in the coming weeks, months, and perhaps even longer than that if we can be so lucky. So be sure to tune in next time on Locked on Coyotes. Until then, see you later.